Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like we have something going here. We're building something special, and you know you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and you know I, I watched. That's the team I watched the most growing up. Because my dad was a Giants fan. So once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome everybody to a special game day edition. Of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, and we are recording this on Sunday to give you a full day tomorrow, heading into Monday Night Football, Giants, Seahawks, Big Blue the last time they were in MetLife Stadium. Well, I know, I'm sorry. Hate to remind you. 40 to nothing at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. That was an ugly game, one that this team wants to forget. And then you had a West Coast trip where we're out in Arizona for a game, then walkthroughs and media availability in a hotel bar. And then you had the game on Thursday night against San Francisco. It's been a crazy start to the season for the Giants. Three games, 12 days, not exactly how they anticipated to begin this in the standings, but they are one and two, and now it comes down to the next three games are all against teams that were in the playoffs last year. We know what's coming ahead. The Dolphins, the Bills, both on the road, Bills in prime time, but up first and really the game that matters most, an NFC game uh, matters down the road if they can somehow win some games here to get into tie-breaking situations. Seattle is one of the teams that the Giants will likely be facing off at in their dreams in terms of how they project things. So this is a monumental game. Geno Smith comes home to MetLife Stadium. I don't know if home was ever the appropriate word for him, both in his time with the Jets and then obviously the short but infamous stay with the Giants in terms of replacing email uh, Eli Manning for that ill-fated game in Oakland that ultimately cost Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese their jobs back in 2017. And, of course, another homecoming and a little bit sweeter fan favorite, Julian Love, safety for Seattle, signed there in the offseason, Took the deal that he had gotten from Seattle, called back to the Giants, asked if they would be willing to match. Uh, Joe Shane and the Giants had gone in another direction. That was the day they offered the contract to Darius Slayton, very similar to Love, and basically shook his hand, bid farewell. Love landed in Seattle, and now he comes back, still has a lot of friends on this team, people who were in his wedding, uh, he and his wife, Julia, are expecting their first child. So there's a lot of good feelings amongst the Giants in their locker room for Julian Love. There won't be tomorrow night 
during the game, but I think before and after, I think you'll see a lot of love for Julian Love. Uh, and with the media as well. He was a good guy award winner last year, the guy who, who cooperates most with the media. So uh, Julian Love is a a fan favorite, as I said, and beyond the fans, he's just a favorite of a lot of people in this organization. Uh, so it'll be good to see him speaking personally and also globally for uh, for everyone out there that's going to get the chance to see Julian. Uh, on today's show... I got to spend a couple minutes with Kayvon Thibodeau. Not an extended interview for the podcast necessarily, but I was able to sit with Kayvon for about four or five minutes and talk about this week, try to get a sense of where he's at. I know he's been a lot under a lot of heat from the fans, from the media. Where are the pressures? Where is the pass rusher uh, that... Giants thought they were going to get in year two, that they got in big moments in year, in year one. Uh, and Kayvon answered all the questions. You know, we talked about it. So you'll get to hear his interview. Uh, and you can judge for yourself based on what happens on the field on Monday night. But uh, I'll get into some other stuff afterwards. But first up, let's get to that interview with Kayvon Thibodeau. Do you ever let yourself get angry? Um, yeah, I mean, you talk about, you know, you got to play with a little bit of anger and you know, play this crazy sport, but not not too much where I lose my composure. How important is that when things aren't going your way, both to, collectively and yourself? To keep composure? Yeah. Um, very important. I think that's the whole game. You know, you, you play so many situations and so many things can happen in a uh, sport of football that, you know, keeping your composure is the only way to win. Do you... I know you always talk about blocking out the noise and it doesn't mm -hmm. matter outside of this, you know, this Lock locker room. room. Yeah. But you are someone who's been critical of your own play. Yeah. So through the first three weeks, how critical have you gotten over what you've seen? You I mean, I, I think it's, you know, it's, uh, it's an understatement to just say this three weeks. Obviously, it's the beginning of three weeks of the season. So, yeah, this is the most time you can evaluate. Yeah. But I think it's just constant evaluation that I have. And it's like when you don't play up to the standard that you want to play at, you have to continue to break down the film and be critical. That's the only way you're going to get better. When you break down the Seattle film, do you see opportunities that maybe you haven't gotten to this point yet? Um, I would say you can't really see the opportunities until you play the game, you know, because we have a game plan, they have a game plan. So I can't, I, obviously, I see opportunities in the game plan that we've drawn up, but I can't, you know, call my shots until we actually see what they come out with, you know, on game day. When a team comes in and you know they're going to want to run the football as much, mm -hmm. that kind of takes the pass rush element and kind of puts it to the side a little bit. So when you go into a game, do you have to have different mindsets for different game plans as far as what you're dealing with? Uh, no, I would say every game that we go into, we have a stop-the-run mentality. That's football. You cannot go into a game thinking just only pass rush. So... Um, I don't think it's changed. I think, you know, it obviously is a priority to have a great run defense. I mean, they have a great run offense and a great running back. And, it's you know, you, you got to stop the run to have any chance in the pass. You know, I was thinking about this for you last year. You know, you, you come back in week three, but you didn't – you weren't at 100% because of you know, physically your injury. But for, for this year now, I mean, do you feel like – 
at this point, yeah. it gets to an issue where, you know what, I, I need to reach a certain point for myself and for this defense that maybe you guys haven't collectively yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, you can't really get frustrated with the moment. You just got to continue to build and control what you can control, you know. Obviously, we all feel like we should be playing better or making more plays or, you know, having more stats. But, you know, that's not the way it's played out. So you can't really dwell on that. You got to dwell on what you can get better at. And like you said, being critical of yourself and just understanding that, you know, we're entertainers at the end of the day. You know, the the crowd, the fans, everybody want to be entertained. So we just got to do what we can to um, play the best. You're a prideful guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I got that sense from you. You're confident. But have you doubted anything the first couple of weeks that really haven't gone your way or this team's way? No, I mean, you know, that's it's football, man. You can't – it's like life, you know. You. Um, my dad always used to tell me, you know, a real man doesn't really complain about his cards. He just accepts the, what they are and, and fi- figures out a way to play – and figures out a way to play them. So, you know, one and two are the cards we've dealt ourselves, and now it's, it's just up to us to continue to figure out how to play, you know, the rest of the season out. You said primetime loves you last year. Yeah. You're going into a primetime game that after the last time you were in this stadium, nothing went right for anybody nothing. in this team. Yeah. Do you feel like that this is a moment that you can take advantage of? Definitely. I feel like every moment we go out there is a moment, but now this is the next one, so it's the most important. And we got to go execute. You know, they brought us here to make plays, so that's what we got to do. So there you have it from Kayvon Thibodeau And, you know, I was thinking about writing the column That I ended up posting on NorthJersey.com on Sunday In terms of uh, what this team is missing And what this locker room is missing Because I do believe this is a group of players Who want to lead, who want to do well Who are not just dedicated to their individual success And... You know, I came across thinking in my memory bank of covering these, this team for over a decade now, uh, the presence of an intro role, guys who are willing to challenge other teammates. And I don't know if that player is in this locker room or on this roster right now. I think they all root for each other. I think they support each other. I think there's some constructive criticism to a point. Uh, but there's nobody that's going to walk up to Kayvon Thibodeau having seen things on tape and try to fire them up. And that goes up and down the line. There's a lot of internal motivation that needs to be found from the Giants. And I think sometimes when you're a good team, you find it in other areas. Your teammates hold you accountable. And I'm not saying holding accountable is a lack of leadership because it's not. I do believe that the captains that were selected do a good job in their own way. Uh, I mean, for God's sakes, you've got 10 of them, so um, they, they have to be warranted. Brian Dable's just not giving out Halloween candy to every player in the locker room. Uh, but sometimes something is missing, you know, and it leads to comfortability. It leads to maybe a little bit of complacency. Because the philosophy in 2022 was, we're going to fix it. It's progress. Trust the process. And the process worked for the Giants in 2022. Sometimes having that same attitude doesn't necessarily work next year. And I think it's a philosophical thing for Brian Dable to preach that. He believes that. That's the way you get the most out of your team, by keeping things as even keel as possible. 
you treat every game like a one-game season, and that's the way it has to be. But internally, in the locker room, you don't have to panic, but you can show urgency. And sometimes it takes a voice to be louder than the others to say what people might not want to hear. And that's not going to come from the reigning coach of the year and Brian Dable or his assistant coaches. Maybe somebody on the staff would. But you know what? When Antrell Roll spoke back for that team in 2011, he wasn't a captain. He didn't have a C on his chest. But he was a guy who knew if something needed to be said to a certain player, to a group of players, it was said. I don't know if that player exists right now on this team. I think that's what's missing. So as I wrote in my column, it's time for the Giants to let the dogs out. D-A-W-G-S. That's what Antro Roll always used to talk about. You got to find that dog in somebody. That fight. That mentality that, you know what? When push comes to shove, we are going to be the team doing the pushing and the shoving. And that's figuratively. That's not necessarily literally. And I think that's what's missing with these Giants. And I think until they find that, um, it's going to be a struggle. And do I think that there could be moments that they find that? Maybe. Someone's got to emerge. Now, Saquon Barkley, it won't be him on the field. He's doubtful for the game. I don't expect to see him. I think he has a good chance to be back from Miami. But that's next Sunday. Uh, Andrew Thomas... I told you on the on the podcast on Friday, even before Andrew did not practice on Friday and Saturday, that I didn't like what I saw early on in practice on Thursday, and he needs more time with his hamstring. So you're going to get Joshua Zudu at left tackle. You're going to get Ben Bredesen back at left guard. Then it's going to be John Michael Schmitz at center. Marcus McKeithen at right guard, who you heard from on the podcast on Friday, and then Evan Neal at right tackle. No excuses. This Seattle front is good against the run, but they should be able to throw on Seattle. Now, I understand uh, Reek Woolen comes back, had an excellent rookie year, is out with an injury. He comes back. He's very good on the boundary. Uh, Jamal Adams is now in that secondary. He's certainly a presence that you have to watch. Daniel Jones certainly remembers what it was like back when Jamal Adams was with the Jets and Adams came in, stole the ball from Daniel Jones, ended up scoring a touchdown. Uh, That's a play that Daniel Jones would like to forget, but I'm sure they've thought about it this week. Uh, You could take advantage of this Seattle game with the passing game that the Giants have. The Vertical routes, but also in the slot. Seahawks are banged up. They don't have those players uh, in the slot to cover the Wondell Robinsons, the Paris Campbells, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Sterling Shepard, if he's active, which I'm not sure that's 100%, and Darren Waller if he goes into the slot. Giants need to expose that spot with explosive plays. Uh, and I think that that will be on the game plan. So I mentioned Saquon Barkley. Saturday was a big day for him uh, just to meet the media. It's the first time we talked to him, uh, I think going back to the 14th of September, which is a long time. We're already in October now. So I wanted to 
record the our group interview with Saquon so you can kind of get a sense and and decide for yourselves where he's at, what he's feeling. Uh, so let's get to that interview with Saquon and then I'll come back and and give you my final thoughts for Monday. Yes, Saquon, uh, there were reports that it was an ordinary Whoa. ankle sprain and then Taylor Rooks said it was a, that you told her it was a high ankle sprain. Is it a high ankle sprain? Yeah, it's a high ankle sprain. Um, I don't know where the ordinary came from, but not something I'm mad about, like people doing a job. Um, but I sat down. I know it looks really well, obviously. Me and Amani had dinner with her before the game. Um, and, you know, one of friends, so we chopped it up, and I told her what it was. Um, that's, how, that's how it went down. Um, in regards to this week, there would be people that would tell, say you shouldn't play. It's kind of what Austin Eckler is doing. You shouldn't play. A running back shouldn't play without a contract beyond the year until he's 100% healthy. That would be the smart thing to do business-wise. Does that impact your decision at all? Um, I would agree. I mean, I think that is a smart thing to do business-wise. Um, you know, I, I think I wouldn't question anybody who's telling me it should do that. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's my life. Um, I, I make the decision, so uh, I love this game, and I feel like if you're able to play, go out there and play. So I'm trying my best. Saquon, when you when you clarified what your injury was, did you feel like you needed that out there because you wanted people to know what you were pushing through? No, it was, I, it was really simple as like oh. having a having dinner with a friend, oh, okay. and you know, she works for Amazon, and she was like, "Are you okay if I say this?" Same way if I have a conversation with you guys, like, yeah, I mean that's what it is. It's not a really good one. But um, it wasn't like to push the narrative of, oh, you know, this is what I'm fighting through. And I don't care enough for that, to be honest. And I'd rather, like college, you know, in college you get hurt, you get banged up, nobody knows. But it's the rules in the National Football League. Everybody got to have an injury report every single day. And you know if you're limited in practice and your day-to-day, uh, but that's the rules. But if it was up to me, I'd rather be... You know, it's football. You get banged up. Everyone gets. You know, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Um, so just keep it like that. And work through it. That would be the way I would like it. But if it's up to you, this decision. Like if it was just up to you, would you play Monday? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's you know, it's, it's my body, my my choice. I mean, that sounds crazy saying that right there, but uh, <laughs> like the reality of it is, like if I can go. Um, if my body's telling me to go out there and play, uh, then, yeah, that's what I would, I, would, I would like to do. But if anybody else is in a situation or um, say if some people are in a situation where you know, they don't have a contract behind it and uh, they're doing it for business reasons, I respect that too. Um, probably is a smart thing to do, uh, to be honest. But uh, you know, I don't, that's not in my, really, in my makeup and how I view it. So I don't judge nobody if they do that. But for me, if my body's able, able to go, that's when I'll go. Say what's the most basic thing? How are you feeling? Like, where do you Thank feel? You. Where do you feel you're at? Um, it's tough. I mean, it's it's one of those things that um, uh, I think I'm doing way better than what a lot of people would expect. Um, you know, especially talking to doctors, I feel like I'm further along. But it's frustrating because obviously I'm healing fast, but you want it to be faster. Uh, you want to slide in here, brother? Um, but, Healing. Uh, what did I say? You want to heal fast. Obviously, you want to heal fast. Yeah, obviously, you want to heal fast, but uh, it's tough balancing that. But just taking it day by day, just fighting every single day, coming in and rehabbing and 
trying to get myself back to a place where I can go out there and compete at a high level for my team. Saquon, does it mean something to you, the fact that if you would get an opportunity to get out there and run around a little bit on Monday to have a chance to show them that you can play or show yourself you can play or do you kind of want to have an idea tomorrow or Monday morning? Um, it would mean a lot to me just play in general because uh, I love playing football. Um, you don't want to miss games and, and I've missed enough games in my career so if I'm able to I would love to just go out there and play any anytime I can play. Uh, that's why last week I was like, like hey if I can if it feels good enough and I can go out there and I can uh, play and protect myself protect the ball and protect the QB and let me try to play on, uh, last Thursday and if I can do it this morning let me try to play and if it takes to, you never know like with these things it's it's a tough injury to battle through, but whenever that is, I just would love to be out there because I love the game of football, and uh, that's the only thing that really matters to me. How much does the past injuries, how much does the past come, come into the equation for you with the fact that you've had the ankle injuries before, and you've kind of talked about it before, you didn't come back and probably play at the level you wanted, and potentially even maybe came back early, so how much do you have to yeah, I was thinking that about that. the past nah, Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, you know, that's something that I might have said, but Maybe with my left one, uh, when I was dealing with the, the knee, we'd still come back from the knee and the left one. For my right one, the first one I did, uh, the, my sophomore year, my second year, uh, my second year in the, in the league, uh, I came back uh, earlier than what it said. I, I guess I was supposed to be out. Um, the first game I came back, I had a long run for like 40 many yards. I got called back, and that would have put me over 100, 100 all-purpose yards, and I think 100 yards rushing. And I still finished the season with 1,400 yards that year. Um, so I, I don't think I, that doesn't go through my mind like, oh, I came back too soon. And, um, right now, it's just like I want to get back. I'm itching and I'm eager to play. Um, you know, I don't like watching from the sideline. I don't like watching on TV. I want to be out there and compete with my guys. How much do you recognize that this is a team that needs a win? Um, yeah, I feel like... Every week you need to win. Uh, I think you can feel the, you know, you know the where fans, where fans are, where the reporters are, like where the media is at. You know, you can feel that. I don't want to say pressure. I don't want to say a you know, sense of urgency. Um, it, it would definitely be better to start the first quarter of the season two and two than one and three. So it's, it's like a must win. Every week's a must win. Um, on prime time, Monday night football against a really good team, playing really well. Uh, so yeah, it would be important to come out with a win. But every, I feel like. Every week is like that. Um, you gotta stress it. You gotta, you know, you gotta feel like it's a must-win. But if same thing, like I said, the NFL, if you come out and we don't get the job done, you're one and three. You can't just be like, oh, we gotta set the building on fire. Like we're we're done. It's because there's still a long season to play. Uh, but at the same time, you gotta realize like it's important to to go out there and win against an NFC opponent and especially a really good team. Winner. Is it about pain tolerance? Is about pain tolerance more than anything else? I mean, is it? Have they said you can't hurt any worse? Um, I, I want to get too much in, into that. Um, whether, no, I don't think that's fair to myself or to the doc, so I won't get too much of that, but just leave it as whenever I'm able to, to go out there and be able to protect myself, protect the ball, protect the quarterback, uh, I'll be ready to go. Did you do team drills today? I can't answer that question. What do you think your chances are of playing this week? Um, I don't know. I think I will have a better answer tomorrow, and I'll have a better answer the day after that. And I think 
That's Monday, right? We'll see. We'll see. Saquon, has any part of your week this week been normal? Like, have you done normal things on the practice field we haven't seen? Have you felt normal this week at all? Um, no, I wouldn't say it's normal. Uh, my routine's the same. You know, the time I come in and what I do. Uh, in the weight room, in the training room, obviously a little more rehab focus uh, with the ankle. Um, but it's just kind of going out there and just testing it, seeing where I'm at, seeing how I feel, see how my body responds. That's, you know, that's really the big thing is going out there and running and putting your body weight on there and, and trying to move at a high, a, high, a high level and competitive speed and then come up and go to sleep and see how you feel the next day. Um, so that's like the, I would say that's what I'm doing. Part of it, but luckily it's a side I've done before, so I think not having your body is able to heal a little quicker and react to it. It's, it's happening really at most times in the face. It's kind of close to it. So, do you feel better than say two days ago? Yeah, every day I would okay. say. Every okay. day I think Dave's even. A, I think Dave's came out and said over there. That's that's a true statement. Every day, okay. um, it's getting better and better. Um, <laughs> trending, trending. Better. Thank you. So there's Saquon, and I think uh, you know a lot of people will use it as an excuse. No Saquon Barkley, no Andrew Thomas. This team could win without both of those players. Now, it won't be easy, but they're going to need guys to step up. They need this defense to make plays. Bottom line, they need to make plays. They need to get a play or two on special teams. That's how they lost in Seattle last year. Seattle got two plays on special teams when the Giants coughed up the football, Richie James. And that was the determination of how they won and how they lost that game or how they didn't win that game. So uh, I think the Giants need to start fast. Obviously, they've been talking about starting fast for it seems a year and a half. Uh, but it's important with the fan base. You know, fans can be very fickle at this point. You know, you lose 40 to nothing on opening night, you haven't earned anything. Uh, so Giants need a score or a big play early to get this crowd into it uh, to really – you know, feed off of that crowd. When the Giants were at their best at home last year, they fed off the crowd at MetLife. Uh, if they struggle early, I think the crowd will turn on them quickly, voice its displeasure, uh, and for good reason. So uh, that's important. I think they need to attack in the passing game tomorrow. Uh, I think you need to be wary of, like I said, uh, Quandre Diggs and... Jamal Adams and Julian Love, they're going to look to make plays. You need to take advantage of them in coverage, especially Adams and Love. Uh, and I think uh, the Giants will aim to do that. Uh, and then it comes down to Daniel Jones. You know, it's the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows for Daniel Jones, perception-wise, league-wide, both internally, uh, in the fan base, from the media, uh, it's never me medium ground. It's never in the middle. It's either he's the worst player or he's the best player. And, uh, you know, 
A lot's going to be made about his primetime record. I broke it down. Make sure you check out that story. Every primetime game that Daniel Jones has played for the Giants, uh, five times they were double-digit underdogs. So this whole idea about how Daniel Jones is the reason why the Giants can't win in primetime, I don't believe that's a fair representation of what Jones has done. Have there been games where he's been terrible? Yes. There have also been games that he's deserved to win. They won at Washington. They should have won at Washington back in 2021. We all remember the the missed field goal, then the penalty on Dexter Lawrence. Uh, He should have won at Kansas City when Darnay Holmes picked off Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but O'Shane Zimenez was offsides, so Mahomes was able to drive the Chiefs down for a game-winning field goal. We know they should have won in Philly at the link in that primetime game when Evan Ingram dropped the pass. That would have sealed the victory. So you're going to hear a lot about Daniel Jones's primetime record on Monday. I think it's one win in 13 tries. The biggest win last year up to that point was the win at Washington. And Jones played a clean game that night. Uh, and, you know, he gets no credit for that as well. And uh, he also won a playoff game that was played at 425. So even though that's not prime time, that's certainly uh, a big time spot that he played up in Minnesota. So uh, my pick this week was Giants in a close one. Uh, I could see Seattle winning. I could see the Giants winning. Uh, it should be a toss-up, and that's what you should get for two teams that were in the playoffs last year, that played last year. Uh, Giants need to find that edge. They need to find an edge, and it certainly would help the guy we talked to in the beginning of the show of Kayvon Thibodeau finds his game from prime time last year against Washington or late against Baltimore were the games that he played late in the season, the one at Dallas where he was all over Dak Prescott, even though in a losing effort. Um, Giants need this one. We'll be back to talk about it after the game tomorrow night in our post-game podcast. But I hope you enjoyed this game day podcast. Uh, Aziz Ojolari should play. I think the, the Giants will get him back. That should help up front. Uh, He's back from that hamstring, and uh, we'll see what happens. It'll be a long day tomorrow. You know, as I joked, it's a love story Sunday night with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and it's a love story tomorrow night, Julian Love coming back home to face the Giants. Uh, They can use a player, too, in that secondary as well uh, against DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, Najigma, if he plays. Although Seattle hasn't played much uh, three wide receiver stuff this year. We'll see if that changes against the Giants. And uh, stopping Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet will also be a huge factor tomorrow night. Thanks for listening. As always, we're all in. We appreciate you all in. And we'll talk to you after the game on Monday night. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.
Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.